Welcome to the Branches podcast. Branches is a community of faith, hope and love in the South Orange County. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about our faith or our community, visit our website at branchesoc.com. Okay, so we're in Mark chapter 10, and we said that over the next couple of weeks that we'd be looking at the importance of a community of faith and youth, children and teenagers, youth. So this is the passage that we've chosen to kind of hang on, Mark chapter 10, verse 13. So here's the passage. Some people brought children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but... The disciples scolded them. When Jesus noticed this, he was angry or indignant. He was furious. He was upset because, like I had my son illustrate a couple weeks ago, he gave you the dad's mad at me face. Jesus gave the I'm the son of God mad at you face. I don't really know what it looks like coming from Jesus, but that was the face. So why? You never see Jesus upset, really. You see him upset when they're trying to sell stuff in the temple, you see him upset when, they, um, when there's a man that needs to be healed and there's people that are like, well, it's Sunday. I don't think we should heal him on this day. It's technically Saturday for them, but the Sabbath day. You're not supposed, that's breaking the rule. Don't heal him. It's on the wrong day. And Jesus gets frustrated. And he gets frustrated here because people, not just moms, it says people, and the, the word people is masculine. There are people trying to bring children to Jesus. Kids, we know there were infants there and probably all the way up to teenagers. And they said no. They scolded him. Not only did they say no, but they scolded him. Don't, what are you doing? Like scolded him. You know the finger? I don't know if the disciples used the finger when they scolded. Okay, this finger when they scolded. So when Jesus noticed, he was angry and said to his disciples, let the children come to me and do not stop them. Which means remove all obstacles. Don't stop them. In fact, make it easier for them to get to us. Because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I assure you that whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Then he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on each of them, and blessed them. When we planted branches, we wanted it as part of our DNA from the beginning, that children and youth would be our priority. That doesn't mean we've done everything right, that's for sure. We've already um, admitted to you, we're always going to blow it. And when I say we, I mean you, because we're all in this together. So we have not done everything perfectly. That's always been our passion. So we are going to have a report card, so to speak. We're going to get some feedback. Now, I didn't ask this person to give us feedback on that, but it's nice to hear from someone who was nine years old when we planted branches, and now they're 14. And so the high schoolers, Emma and Noah, did this video. And so this is Emma doing all the filming and the editing. And this is Noah, who was at that time pretty close, if not the oldest member of the Branches kids. So um, let's see what he has to say about his experience from that time. I'm uh, going into freshman year at San Juan Hills High School. I've been at Branches for about five years now. And um, my mom is Melissa Hodge, and my dad's Jim Hodge, and I have two sisters, Lucy and Ruby. Um, These past five years, I'm 14 right now, so when I was nine... Um, I've grown to um, realize the important things in life. I've been walking with Christ um, just for the past couple months now. I've, I've always known who Christ was, and I've known um, 
who he was and what he did, and I knew all the Bible stories, and I, I always went to Sunday school, and I heard all the stories, but I could never relate it to my life. Um, just just uh, this summer at Wildlife Camp, it was my last one, I could finally make that connection with my life, and through Jesus, I could how much better I can make my life, and how how awesome it would be to center my life around Jesus and all his great doings and all his great works that he's done and so just for the past five years I've been I've always had my doubts and always had questions and I'll still have my questions and doubts but now I I know I can always bring those up with Jesus and walk with him through life and all the crazy twists and turns. Uh, Dmar has been my uh, my leader through uh, wildlife um, for the past three years now. He's uh, guided me through Christ and uh, helped me um, center my life around Christ. And um, just uh, this summer, I, uh, my last year of uh, Oak Ridge Camp, I, uh, I I took the leap of faith and decided to uh, uh, follow Jesus full-heartedly. And uh, he he was the one that helped me and helped me make that decision and make sure that it was the right decision for me, even when I had my doubts. Uh, Demar was there, and he's been that guy that's always been there for me. I think what I want most for my friends, or what I would want to do for my friends, would be um, for the ones that don't know Christ or go to church and go to church every Easter, but never go anytime else, or don't know, don't read the Bible, or don't don't really know Christ as well as I do. I would love to introduce them to him. Um, just taking them to a youth group or having a high school group to invite them to would be super rad and I just think having that group to be able to invite them to other than Young Life and having that um, outside of church experience but having that church experience for the high schoolers is super important and just by having that high school group to invite them to would be super rad for me and just by introducing them to Christ and knowing that I, I'm the one that introduced them to Christ and hopefully maybe uh, help some uh, know Christ better and uh, center their lives around Christ would be super awesome. The best thing that you could do for me and my friends going into high school and wanting to have like a youth group is volunteering to to lead and um, wanting to um, help out with um, the youth and uh, my high school group and just helping out just being you don't really have to be a leader but being there for the kids and just like saying hi to them or just like starting up a conversation with them would be super cool. And if you do want to lead and if you do want to be that, that person that will walk through life with them, um, teenagers such as myself, then um, do it. Just volunteer. And if you don't, if it's not for you and you do it and it's not, not your thing, then that's all right. But just trying to help out kids my age and offering your help would be super rad. We don't have enough volunteers to create that high school group that we've wanted to have for a, a little while now. So just by volunteering, you guys are going to be the ones that are creating that high school group and they're going to be um, starting up that group and the, one that, the ones that are going to be um, helping out and actually running that group. So, can you believe he's 14? And 
Let's really thank Emma for all the hard work that she put into filming this and especially all the editing. They are both, uh, one's going to be a freshman and then Emma's going to be a sophomore in high school. Um, so some of you are like, wait, why are, why are we talking about youth? What does that have to do with me? Which is what we usually do, right? Well, what does this have to do with me? Well, one, it's not all about you, so that doesn't matter. And that's kind of what we're talking about this morning. However, I want you to hear this also. All the major revivals that we historically can keep track of, there have been youth behind it. It's been their prayers. It's been their energy. It's been their movement. Um, Let that sink in for a second. All the major revivals, teenagers and young adults were at the heart of it. Um, let me go through a list of biblical people. I'm not even talking about the current people. Let's just go through biblical. Let's look at all of these teens who God has dealt with directly. And many times we don't even hear about their parents even being in the picture. Look at what God has done. But you didn't really step back and think of these people as teenagers when God got a hold of them. Joseph. Like, wait, which one's Joseph? You know, the Technicolor dream coat? Joseph. Um, Samuel. David, Solomon, Prophet Isaiah, Prophet Jeremiah, Daniel, and Mary. They were all teenagers. They were all young. And yet God chose to deal with them directly. And I was calling my history professor... Uh, that I had uh, back in seminary because he's pretty much the most brilliant man and he's got like this encyclopedic memory and he had all these revivals and he goes, you know what? The one that really sticks out to me was Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards was the one that many of you are believers here in the United States today because of Jonathan Edwards. And it was because the teenagers came to him and said, God needs to move. We're going to pray. Let's make this thing happen. And they were the ones that talked Jonathan Edwards into moving forward. If you want to see God move, then you need to pay attention to our teenagers and our youth. But even if you don't care, you're like, well, what does that have to do with me? It's not about you this morning. The point is, is that God has called us to be responsible for our youth. And he's indignant. He's angry when we create obstacles for them coming to him. And so I was trying to figure out how do we, how do we do this then? Because this is a big deal. The the great, the great Commission, which Jesus never called it great. He never called it the Commission, but we put that on him. This is what he said in Matthew 28. As he was rising into the heavens. It had this situation in Matthew, and then he said something else in Luke, but I want to choose the one from Matthew. And we go through this all the time, especially as a church for people who don't go to church. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go, or while you are going... Make disciples of all the nations, all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Which is another way to say, tell people. Give them this opportunity to have this new life. Teach them what I have taught you as I have walked with you so you need to walk with them and show them that God has a big plan for their life. Teach them everything. Baptize them in the name of the Father and of me and of the Holy Spirit. 
Teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And so basically, if you sum that up, call people to follow me. Now I want to give you a stat. 85% of the people that make this decision, 85% of the people that make the decision to follow Jesus, to obey everything he has commanded them, they do it before the age of 18. Let that sink in for a second. 85% of the people that make this decision, make that decision before the age of 18. So if Jesus is calling these disciples and us to do this work, then we should probably be smart about it, shouldn't we? And we should probably make sure that our young people hear this and can have the opportunity to make this decision. So then how do we do this? Okay, go and do this. Well, how do you do it? And so I thought it would be good to bring up a friend of mine, Josh, if you can make your way on up. This is Josh Smith. And um, recently engaged Josh Smith. Getting married in April, Josh Smith. Now taller than me, Josh Smith. And um, I've asked Josh to come up here and to share um, his journey from where he was when he was young and how he got to this point of following Christ with all of his life. Because I have confidence, and I'm close with Josh, and I know that that's the decision he's made, so I figured he'll fill in the blanks and coach us. How does this actually happen? Yes. Childhood first. yes. Okay. Um, I hope I make sense. I drank like four cups of crack out there before I came in. And I feel a little jittery. But so uh, I grew up around here and um, kind of what it looked, what I looked like as a teenager was, was pretty crazy. And uh, I was really good at wearing a mask and pretending like I had things together, even though I didn't. And my home situation kind of dictated how I reacted to other situations outside of, uh, of my house. And um, I definitely was way more broken and, and hurting than I let people believe. So I didn't want to share things that were going on with uh, friends and anyone really. And there just really wasn't anyone. Like my family situation, um, you know, multiple divorces. My uh, stepdad was constantly beating my mom and, and beating me and a lot of like physical and emotional abuse. And then at the age of 12, I like literally lost the ability to cry or have any, like any emotion. So I never, I never could like deal with situ- situations. I just stuffed everything and then, um, and just kind of like pretended like everything was cool. And, and I would just like people that kind of knew me on a surface level or older people that kind of were around my life, I would, for most of them, I, they wouldn't have any idea of the things that I was dealing with at home. Or um, we, I, like I said, I grew up around here, but we moved like every six months. I pr- literally lived in every neighborhood in South Orange County. Probably my mom um, thought that the answer to like creating a stable home would be to date different guys. Or uh, obviously, she, you know, my mom's awesome. Like I don't want to get the wrong message that my mom's this like horrible person because she's awesome. She just was doing the best she knew how. And I grew up in a family of alcoholics and drug addicts, so um, it was craziness. And so I hopped around a lot, and things were super crazy all the time. It was just complete chaos, which led into me, um, you know, just involving my things that were, or involving myself in things that were chaotic. So I got involved with 
you know, a lot of just like crazy nonsense, put myself in situ- really scary situations um, that I probably didn't need to had I had, you know, a normal family or whatever that, that is, um, or even just people pouring into my life. So that's kind of, I mean, I'm sure you can imagine, especially you guys that, uh, you know, remember your teenage years or have had teenagers and just the, you know, for the parents that have had so much hurt from watching their kids go through things or, or you know, just, I don't know, the hurt that we put on ourselves because of the situations that we choose or the paths we choose. That was very much my um, childhood or my teenage years of just of just constant chaos, constant living in a storm. Even though on the outside I pretended like everything was cool and I was pretty good at manipulating people and getting by in life, but I wasn't definitely wasn't okay on the inside. And so who who were the adults then that stepped into your life or you guys ran into each other or how, however it happened? And what did that look like? So not so much who they were, although that if you want to throw that out, you can, but more importantly, like what was it though? Like how did they... How, they, were, they influenced you, so how did that happen? So eventually... Um, there were some people that kind of saw through the, the um, you know, just saw through my facade or whatever you want to call it. They kind of stepped up and just started showing up, and they were just being themselves. And um, I'm going to throw you under the bus, but Boog was one of them. He probably doesn't want me to say his name, but Boog was uh, one of those we, people. We agreed you wouldn't do that. Yeah, we did agree, but you yeah, gave me so a mic. You, so you, 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 you didn't keep your word. Um, <laughs> I can't help it. It was significant. Um, I mean... It, there was a lot of people, uh, Boog happened to be the Young Life guy at the time and, and was just a person that constantly showed up and showed up and showed up and didn't matter how much resistance I gave, he just showed up and was himself. And then there was a lot of other people like that and I, I mean, I felt like I gave Boog a hard time so I'm sure he felt like I gave him a hard time. Or I definitely made situations a lot harder, whether it be like starting like brawls at you, you church did, camps. You or did whatever. tell your friends... That if he does this, we're all going to beat him up. Yeah, he had kept that? inviting me to. He kept inviting me to come to Young Life. Like he would show up to my hockey games that were pretty far away and these different places. And come to Young Life. Come to Young Life. I don't want to go to that. Sounds weird, and I don't do that. I don't do the church thing or whatever. And I just thought he was weird. And his name was Boogie, and he was like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, come." And I was like, finally, I kind of had heard about it through other friends, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'll come to Young Life, but I'm going to bring all my friends, and if it gets weird, we're, you know, you're pretty much dead, or whatever, I said. And then he just smiled and was like, yeah, come to Young Life, bring your friends. And I, so I did. And then we broke this lady's coffee table and destroyed her house, and that's all, what I remember as a <laughs> monster of a teenager. <laughs> now, I was going to have you answer this question, but I'm not, because you're a liar. You said you wouldn't do that. So to pay you back, I was going to ask you about how you have, you know, committed your life from that moment on. You're not on Young Life staff. You don't do it for a job, but yet you're committed to being in the lives of teenagers, and you know what they go through. And so there's been teenagers, and some of them are here that you've affected. But I want to bring up Kyle Reynolds, because Kyle's actually here to talk about you. So Kyle, I called. Yeah, it was tricky, wasn't it? Yeah, see? I wasn't going to do it, but since you lied. Um, But... There's tons of people that, uh, that Josh has been involved with because he committed his life to teenagers and still is. But I've asked Kyle to come and kind of share when he first met Josh and, like, where you were at in life and, and what was going on when you guys... Yeah, so, um, I mean, I kind of feel like you were just always there. I don't know. I don't really... I guess um, I was kind of thinking about it, and uh, 
because my dad was a young life leader, um, also with Boogie, and so I think we'd even have a club at my house, and I was just like this little kid, kind of just like farting around and hanging out, um, and Josh was there, but um, he was in high school, um, and then Boog was his leader, and I think my dad took him to camp one time, and then um, freshman year of high school, that's when I started Young Life, and um, that's really where, um, I guess we started like a friendship, I guess, and um, he became a brother, and uh, freshman year, I mean, it's a big year for anyone, no matter what, um, it's a lot of change, and my parents got divorced freshman year, and then um, I just kind of, I started partying a lot, and I just, um, it was just, it was a really big moment for me, and um, I was just, I was just hurt, and so um, they would, it wouldn't, couldn't, Josh couldn't have came at like a perfect time, more perfect time, um, and we went to Woodleaf together, and um, that's really um, when I guess our friendship started, kind of during that big storm in my life when that started. Okay, and what was it about Josh, and like, what did he do right to like be a positive influence in you and, and to be a support to you? Um, did a pretty good job. Uh, no, Josh, uh, I mean, I think the biggest thing is, um, which not a lot of kids like my age or in high school don't really see, it was just, I think the biggest thing was consistency. Um, he would, I would be out, like, I would go party super hard of the weekend, and for some reason, he found out everything I did. I don't know, he was like a mom, it was weird. Um, <laughs> he was just like, everything I would did, he'd be like, oh, he wouldn't even like just say anything, but he'd be like, oh, how was Friday night? I'd be like, weird how do you know that um and so but then i'd go through these super awesome moments in my life and the coolest thing is like he no matter what i was doing if i was like making a bunch of dumb mistakes or doing really well like he still loved me the same and showed me like this unconditional love that jesus would show me so and i think like the hugest thing was just consistency and like you you can tell if someone just truly loves you and um no matter where you're at and he loved me exactly where i was at every time and um that was the biggest impact i think on my life and so i had another question to ask you but you might want to go over there because dane can you come on up so i was going to ask you because he's also because of everything that happened in his life he has influenced a lot of teenagers and he got involved in young life and and does stuff at sanctuary and does a lot of things in different places to influence youth and so this is dane faulkner So, Dane, can you please tell everyone here about Kyle? Like, is there a question, or here. should I just say anything about Kyle? Yeah. Here, you hold this. Make sure you have it close to your mouth so they can hear you, because I know you're going to say something awesome. Okay. So, well, I don't know. What do you think they need to know about Kyle that they don't know that's a good thing? You don't want to, like, roast them too bad. Um, he's nice. Um, he's... He's always been there um, at Wildlife, and he's never really been busy or been doing anything. So he's he's always uh, he's always he's always there because, um, like I said, he's never anywhere. So he always comes to Wildlife. So okay. he's always been a good influence on me. Okay, so there's adults that like try to say hey to you and try because there are adults who are like oh yeah how you doing. And you kind of blow a lot of them off. For example, you blew me off for a good year or so, which is cool, but he got through, right? And you, like, trust him. So what is it about Kyle that you trust, and how, how, what kind of impact has he had in your life? Like, how has he helped you? Um, Kyle's helped me from, well, a lot of things. Um, well, just having such great memories at um, wildlife camp and... 
Um, so it's like wildlife and getting to know them has made me not has made me at church say hi Kyle or not let, wait for him to say hi to me but go up to him if he doesn't say hi to me first so I know him like because he's always been there. Thanks man. Do you guys notice how cool his hair looks right now? Like, it's pretty still. Okay so let's, let's line this up so Kyle if you could go there all right? and I was supposed to not be here but since you lied about then this is how it works. This is how it's always worked. I mean, Paul had Barnabas, and then Paul led Timothy, and then Timothy influenced all these other people. This is the way that the word of God goes out. This is the way lives are changed from people to people to people. So this isn't just about youth. This is about how, how God's love spreads. Someone's got to jump the gap. We talked about it each step. Like I remember going to his hockey games. I didn't want to go to those hockey games. But I knew what he was going through. I'm going to show up to these games. And then, and I know what Josh has gone through. I don't know the details, but he's known Kyle since he was really young. And, like, Josh has got a lot going on in his life. And I don't care what Dane says, but Kyle's got a lot going on in his life. <laughs> and, you know, he's pursuing a music career, and he's got a job, and, and, and yet he doesn't consider a burden to be friends with Dane. So if you guys could sit in the front, because I'm going to have you guys come up here to finish this off, because uh, you guys are going to give us advice on what the church can do to help do what you did. But I want to finish with this. If 85% of those who make a decision for Christ make it before the age of 18, then that's where we need to be putting our effort and our time. Jesus was indignant when the disciples said, look, don't bother Jesus. Don't bother God with kids. And in fact, he did just the opposite. In fact, it was traditional then for, for prophets to lay their hands and pray over the kids. But Jesus, it says in Mark, in Mark uh, 10, he embraced them. That's what we do. That's what we have to do. We can't talk about it. It needs to actually happen. When I was sitting and talking with Josh and he was talking about the different adults, he mentioned uh, two families that I knew of. He said the Chapins and the Harhays. And he talked about how they like included him. They took him on family trips. Like he just felt like he was welcome in that house. And he was just hanging out with their son. And in fact, they would get phone calls from other parents going, hey, do you know who's hanging out with Nick? That kid, Josh. Yeah, we know he comes with, do, do you know what he does? Hey, we love him. He's one of ours. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like to love. We talk about love your neighbor as yourself, but that's what it looks like. These teenagers walk in here, and you are scared of them, and let me tell you, they are scared of you. But we need to jump that chasm. We need to jump it because that's what the body of Christ is supposed to be. We cannot be segregated. Do you know, I'm stat man today, did you know that 70% of those, if stats go right, in our junior high and high school group, kids that grow up in the church, when they graduate out of high school, 70% of them don't come back to church. Why? Because they're in the back room, right? They don't know anybody, so when they graduate high school, where are they going to go? This isn't, these aren't their people. What if when Dane entered in, someone went up to him, hey, Dane, how's it going? He will blow you off. I'm just telling you that right now. 
He's going to take his cool hair with his hands in his pocket. He's going to go, so, and he's going to keep walking. Don't let that bother you. You let them know that you care about them, regardless of what you get back from it. We cannot segregate because we need to be the type of church, the type of community of faith, where on a men's retreat, men's retreat or a women's retreat or at Oak Bridge or when we go on mission trips, that the teens and the kids are there. And that they can say, hey, this is my family. These are my people. And they love me. I can't even explain how important that is. It changes everything. So then what are we supposed to do? Okay. Well, let's go to the experts again. And I want each of you guys to just say one thing to Branches Church. If you guys come on up, this will be your last time to have to public speak. And we'll start with Dane. Dane, what's one thing that the church can do to help you and the rest of the teens? Not only the ones here at church, but the ones like at your school and... What they can do to what? What they can do to help. Like what can they do to have... Do you want these guys to go first? Yes. Yes. Um... So I guess my one thing or whatever would be just that I know for a lot of people, and including myself, it was it's so hard and awkward and like we think like, oh, I'm not cool enough or I'm this or I'm that. And we like put these labels on ourselves. But at the end of the day, like kids are, are so, we're, in, or we're, kids are super intuitive to, to just your heart. So all you have to do is have a willing heart. And, and if you're following Christ, that's all that matters. All, all, all that you need to do is just show up, be present. Like Boog was talking about those families. I think one of them, you know, would call themselves Christians, and I don't, I'm not even sure about the other one, but they just, they just showed up, and they just uh, took me in. And um, they, they weren't like, shel- you know, they're not sheltering themselves or their kids from teachable moments. So I think that's a, a big thing that we, we do, like, in the church and in our families is we want to shelter from, like, anything that looks scary instead of using it as a teachable moment. And then when we shelter, especially with if sheltering kids and stuff, like, they're just going to end up breaking out and doing all the things that they couldn't do for so long if, if they're being protect, too protected. So um, I know it's really scary, but the thing for, to do is just to be yourself. Like, be the person that God made you to be. Don't try to, like, pretend like you're cooler than you are or pretend like you have to like be this certain person because kids will see through that and then it'll be you're just making it harder for them to connect to you so just be who you are be who who christ made you to be and and just trust that god is gonna lead those conversations and and you may have to try for, you know you may have to try for a long time to even have a conversation with with one you know young person or whatever but it'll happen because eventually you know you never know what they're going through like i shared a little bit of my story all the things I was going through, and, and I didn't want to open up. I don't want anyone to know what was going on. It took a lot of, like, poking and prying and, like, just constant uh, consistency of showing up to get me to open up. So, And that, that goes for, for all our youth, uh, regardless of how good or bad their home life is. Thanks, Josh. Before Kyle shares, I want to invite the worship team up. And while they're getting set up, Kyle, you had some really good stuff to say. So uh, I guess... Um, I mean, the only way to do it is just to do it. I mean, thinking about it is great, but um, just taking that action, which is the hardest part, obviously. And um, and if you can't, um, like even I think no matter what I do in life, um, I don't. I'm not even sure if this is something I'm going to do my whole entire life, but I know it's something I'm passionate about, um, and I really care. So it's like, well, if I can't be there physically, being there financially, um, there's so many different ways you can be there. And kind of Josh was saying, like. 
take what you're good at, take your skills. If you can like, help build something or, you know what I mean, or help set up for an event or anything, there's so many ways where you can have your hand in it, and um, there's not just one way. Um, and I guess just, um, yeah, just just loving him and letting, I mean, the biggest thing is um, just letting him know you're there for him. A kid might never open up to you or never, but if you let them know, I know for me, um, and I've been able to see it, just being like, hey, no matter where you're at or no matter what, like, I'm always here. You can call me at 1 in the morning, call me 3 in the morning. Like, I'll be there for you. And um, I think that's just, that's huge for anyone to know that. Okay, Dane, say anything you want, which kind of scares me a little bit. What, what can they do to help you and the rest of the teens? Um, I think to just, like, kind of like what Kyle said, to make sure that, um, that they know that you're trying to include them. Always invite them to things like wildlife or something like that. Um, frozen yogurt, whatever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just make sure that they're always – make them know that they're going to be part of the – the family or the clique. Thanks, man. Well said, dude. Well said. So here's my question for you guys. If you are following Christ today in large part because someone stepped into your life during your teenage years, please stand up. If there's anyone here that in large part because of someone stepping into your life during your teenage years, please stand up. what we got to do, right? That's what we got to do. So let's all stand up for worship, and let me pray for us. Thanks, guys. Father, we, um, we need you. We have a junior high group. We have a youth group. We have wildlife. We have young life. But, Father, we need you. Above all, Lord, we want these kids to know your love for them as early as possible. We want them to walk from you, walk with you at the earliest possible moment. So, Father, we pray for workers of the harvest, men and women, uh, young adults, young men and young women, and even high schoolers that would step out for junior hires and for um, junior hires that would step out for some of the elementary kids. Father, we need workers, and I ask that you would raise them up and that you would call them and give us the strength to carry on. Father, we lift the teens, not only branches, but especially in our community. We lift them up to you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.